Sometimes studying the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing. Grounded in Truth with Janet Dennison will help you learn to study, understand, and apply God's Word to your daily life. His Word is true. And guess what? It's for everyone. So thanks for joining us today as we dive into Scripture together. I've been teaching Bible studies in Sunday school now for almost 35 years. During that time, I've been able to learn a few tricks of the trade, and I wanted to share some of those things with you today. Maybe offer a few things that would encourage your teaching or a fresh idea you can add into what you do. I have loved being a teacher for all of these years, and my favorite verse about what it means to teach Bible comes from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The Apostle Paul was writing when he said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I believe that when we teach Bible, we partner with the gospels, the saints from across the ages in communicating the words that the Lord left for us to study and to know so that we could know him and we could make him known. So one of the ways I'd love for you to see yourself is as a partner with all of those saints in the past that have communicated God's word with people. We have a partnership in the gospel. Think about why your class or why your Bible study comes to see you each week. What brings them to that room? What causes them to want to be there? As many people as are there, there's another reason why they come. And it's so important to know your class, know why they're there. Do they need nurture? Where are they at in their knowledge of the Lord? How can you speak to the ones who've been in church for years and still communicate with the one that's sitting quietly in the back trying to figure out if Christianity is something they might want to consider for their own life? So how do you teach a lesson that can work for everyone? As a teacher, it's our job to focus on the central reason we're there, but never lose sight of all the other reasons that people have come to the room. The central purpose is to remember that there's a good chance for a lot of the people in your room, this is literally the only taste of God's word they might have all week. Know those faces, know those names, and especially learn how to focus God's word for them. I love the verse from Isaiah that says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. When we teach the word of God, God accomplishes his purpose through the teaching of his word. And it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Every single time you get up to teach, God has a plan for that room. God has a reason for you to be there studying the passage that you are. 
And the key is in knowing what's God's purpose for the day. Another verse I love is from Isaiah as well. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade. But as you know, the word of our God stands forever. And in John, in John 17, Jesus prayed for us saying, sanctify them in the truth for your word is the truth. One of my big goals every time I get up to teach is to remember I have a high and holy calling. I'm partnering with saints from the past in teaching his word. And it's his word that matters. Mine are secondary. God's word stands forever. God's word is the truth. And God's word never returns void. It has a purpose that God wants to accomplish through it. Now here's my least favorite verse from James chapter three. Every teacher kind of cringes when we have to teach this passage. James was writing and he said, not many of you should become teachers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. Both sides of that are so important when you wanna teach God's word. First of all, I believe a person should be called to teach God's word and equipped by his Holy Spirit, gifted for the task. So if you feel less in that area, ask God to fill your life with that gift, that gifting of the spirit. But we never forget that we do have a high and holy calling. If we teach God's word, we are held to a higher standard with the way we live our life, with the words that we give. But give yourself a little bit of cushion too, because no one is perfect. I've been teaching 35 plus years. I have never taught a perfect lesson. I am in this room today talking to a camera. I will not teach a perfect lesson right now. Give ourselves some grace there. None of us will ever be perfect, but we can be perfect. Anything God says through us is perfect. And so teaching is our privilege. It's also our priority. I love a quote by Henry Brooks Adams. He said, a teacher affects eternity. He can never tell where his influence stops. Henry Brooks Adams said that many years ago. You don't know how your words, how your lessons will be multiplied from one generation to the next to the next. There's probably most of you that I will never have the opportunity to meet this side of heaven. But I hope that something that you hear today, that God has led me to teach today, will matter to you and to your class and to your children, to your family. God's word never returns void. It also goes out in directions that you will never know about. So as each of you has received this gift of teaching, use it to serve, serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. You've been gifted, you've been equipped, if you've been called to teach. And while we'll never do a perfect lesson, 
Everything we say that Jesus says through us is perfected. So I wanted to give you a few ideas today that might re-energize your teaching, maybe be a fresh idea, something you've not done before or something you've not thought of before. And so I wanted to share what I like to call my top 10, although I'm not really sure how many points there are, but these are the things that I think are most important if you wanna teach a class and engage them in God's word. The first one, is to every week prepare a lesson. But when you stand up in front of your class, you remember you don't teach lessons. You teach people. You teach souls. You teach lives. You teach people's influence so that they can influence others. It's so much bigger than just a lesson. And it seems like that's something we should know. But there are times when I've presented a lesson and it fell flat. There are other times when I see faces and God reminds me of what they might need for something that's going on in their lives. Teach people, don't just teach a lesson. In doing that, the way I prepare my lessons is I learn everything that I can about that passage. I give a good bit of time to learning what that passage meant to the people it was first written to, what that passage, how it, that passage fit into the culture, into the day. Learn everything you can about the passage you're teaching, and then be prepared to teach half of it. You will never present to your room everything that you've learned. Some of what you learn will be for your own soul. Other things that you learn will be for the sake of those in the room. And I never know week to week which lessons I've studied, which verses I have learned, which history I thought was important. I never know what it is that I've studied that God's gonna bring out. I caution you to take a script to the podium. And this is gonna be hard if you've not done this before. But I believe you should never get up in front of a group to teach with anything more than a few bullet points, a few key things you wanna remember, plus your scripture. That allows the Holy Spirit to move your lesson forward but the Holy Spirit can change your direction if he needs to. Learn everything you can and then teach some of it. Learn to ask really good questions, questions that require a thoughtful answer. Sometimes you start, the way I write a question, I start with what I want someone to know. What is it that they have to learn from that passage? Now, what can I ask them so that they can come up with that on their own? If you tell them what to believe, they will hear it. If you guide them to discover it for themselves, they will remember it. It is one more step. Create questions 
that caused them to realize the truth of the passage. And they will remember that a week later. People will learn to hear God's ideas as the Spirit leads them. Not only that, the point that you thought was so important from the passage may not be the point that God wants them to understand. And so, if you ask great questions that guide them to the knowledge, then they will know and remember what God wants them to know. There are some great challenges to teaching any Sunday school class, any room. I typically teach women most of the time. And I've often said it really, I, I usually direct people to my class by telling them, go that basic direction and follow the noise because you'll find us. We enjoy talking. That's amazingly great, but learn to start on time. Learn the social aspects of your Bible study matter. It's so much of the reason people come is to find that fellowship that they're looking for and that sense of community. But remember the key priority is that they leave there having experienced a word from God for their lives. You want to be spirit-led, but never will there be a week you don't have to cage a few rabbits. Uh, there will always be some that enjoy the rabbit trails more than they do the actual passage. To keep a lesson moving forward, to keep it centered on Bible, you will have to learn when we're off course, when someone's introduced a topic that could be overly divisive, for example. You need to learn to rein that in. One of the key ways I like to do that is there's always one or two people that I know understand in the room. And so I'll turn to them and say, so-and-so, what do you think? about that, and they'll know to return it to the Bible. If someone is dominating in the class, then sometimes I will say, well, I know so-and-so thinks this, but I wanna know what the rest of y'all would think. And so that way you control the flow of the lesson, making sure you can move through it from beginning to end. Don't let any one person own the class. And you know there's always one or two that are frustrated teachers themselves sometimes. So the other thing I would really uh, caution you on, it's so important to pray for the members of your class, but come up with a good constructed way to take those prayer requests. Because especially uh, in some of my women's Bible studies, most of the prayer requests can begin, we need to pray for so-and-so, and let me tell you why. That's not really the kind of prayer time we want to have. It can become something we don't want said. In fact, when I teach a class, I caution everybody, do not offer a prayer request unless you've asked permission of that person first. May I ask my class to pray for you? If you limit your prayer time to that, to those requests that have been uh, 
sought beforehand, it will help you to move into the Bible. And again, I'll probably say this twice more at least, never forget the most important thing you do is teach God's Word. Never let the teaching of God's Word take a back seat to conversation about prayers. I wanted to talk about some real key priorities that we keep in mind every single time we get up to share a lesson. Again, the Bible is God's Word. Everything else is something less. The Bible is God's Word. When I teach a class, I like to tell them, if you run into a phrase and it says, and God said, pause a minute and don't just read those verses. Cause people to hear them. Because when a phrase says, and God said, that's his voice speaking. Help your class to discern and learn that God has a voice and he speaks. Watch for God's activity in the room. Remember I said I want you to teach people, not just lessons. There will be times when you say something and someone will have a reaction to it and you'll see that on their face. Always be sensitive, pray yourself into that position of teaching so that you can notice what the Holy Spirit is doing in the room. He will always move through God's Word in people's lives. You will see Him touch someone. You will see movement. You will see resentment. You will see confusion. You will see anger. And you will see the Word of God touch someone and bring them to a place where they have tears. Know those moments, teach those faces. Never look down so much at your lesson that you can't look and notice what the Holy Spirit is doing in the room. He's there. Pray for him to be there. Watch to see what he's doing. And then remember that success is not measured by all that you teach. Kingdom success is measured by what the Holy Spirit teaches through you. The Holy Spirit gifts people with the ability to teach God's Word. It's a high and holy privilege. Always, at every lesson, pay attention to those things you say you never plan to say. Words that come from you that you know were not your thoughts. They were God's thoughts. Remember the Bible says, God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. You will speak the Holy Spirit's thoughts if you have prayed for that wisdom and that knowledge. Help people recognize what God has said through his word. Never let them think God's word is full of suggestions or hints. When you teach the Word of God, teach it with a passion that your people understand it is truth. Jesus said that. He said, your Word is truth. So, teach God's Word as the truth.
not as a suggestion. If it doesn't stomp on people's toes just a little bit, you might have softened it. I heard a good lesson one time where a man was speaking and he looked at us and he said, as teachers, he said, never think that God gave us permission to soften his word. If he said it, if he said it that way, we should teach it that way, even though we know it might make some people squirm. We're not allowed to soften God's word for the sake of people's feelings. We teach the truth and we teach it with grace, with love, but with confidence that what it says is what we need to know. I want you to know that it is hard to teach week after week. It is a huge commitment. And we all understand that. I was an elementary education teacher. And then my husband was called to be pastor at First Baptist Church in Midland, Texas. I'd always taught children Sunday school. You could give me a room of 28 seven-year-olds and I was perfectly comfortable. But I received a phone call from the church and they asked me, do you think you would consider taking a women's Sunday school class? It's not large, it's all women, but I've just, the, the one I was speaking to said, I've really prayed about it and I think God wants me to ask you. So I responded like every good preacher's wife. I said, let me pray about that, which is preacher's wife for, I ain't ever gonna do that, but I don't wanna tell you no right now. And so I did pray about it. I didn't wanna start our new pastorate with having told a fib. So I actually did pray about, do you want me to teach that class of women, Lord? I really prayed it just to be able to tell her I'd prayed. And the more I prayed, the more thoughts came to my mind. And I said, you can't mean it, Lord, I teach children. And by the time we went to that church as pastor, I knew I was supposed to take that women's Sunday school class. And on the first Sunday I taught, I had seven women. The second Sunday I taught, I had five. I was so nervous, my palms were so sweaty, I could just turn the pages of my Bible because the page just stuck to it. That's how my first classes went. Nobody teaches easily at first, but it's like riding a bicycle. The more you do it, the easier it gets. The more God speaks through you, the more you'll trust God can speak through you. God can teach you so you can teach others. That was about 37 years ago that I started doing that. And I'm still teaching today. And if somebody had told me I could get up in front of rooms full of people and remember my first name, I would have told them they were nuts. I was real happy behind the scenes, real happy with children. Never underestimate that if God wants you to do this, you will be able. Give God permission to adjust your schedule, your plans. Give God permission to adjust who you've always thought you were. And never think you're capable 
of anything less than what God wants to do through you. If Jesus wants to use you to teach, you can teach. Remember, God equips those he calls. And what you do when you lean on the Lord is what makes all the difference. I'll close with this. When you get up to teach a lesson, whether you have five or 50, when you get up to teach a lesson, it's not everyone in front of you that is your audience. You have an audience of one. You are there not to entertain that room, not to please that room. That's not your focus. At the end of any lesson, if you can look the Lord in the face and ask him, was that okay, Lord? Did that please you? If you hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant, you have taught a great lesson regardless of what opinions might come to you afterwards. Jesus said, was teaching a parable. He said, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. There will be times you drive home and you have to confess to the Lord, I know I got in your way today, Lord. There will be other times you drive home and you think, Lord, I don't even really remember much of what I said. And then you hear him say, well done. It's because you didn't say it. I did. He is your audience. He is your equipper. He is your strength. Teaching his word is a high and holy privilege. Teach it with the equipping that has equipped the saints throughout the ages. Partner with everyone that's ever taught God's word before. Know that you're in a special crowd of people that God has called to give his word. And then know that you're not able, but that God can do all things through you when Jesus strengthens you to do it. Enjoy teaching God's word. Thank you for your commitment to do that. Hi everyone, thank you for listening today. If you're anything like me, you know that life can sometimes get in the way of our best intentions to study God's word consistently. So make sure you hit that follow button whenever you're listening to this podcast and you'll never miss an episode. 